Proverbs chapter 31. We're going to be looking at the end of a book that is known for wisdom. And many of you may have heard that in the, the back of Proverbs, you have this description of the ideal lady. And so what I want to do today, I want to encourage women who are walking in the fear of the Lord to keep doing so. And then I want as a church for the roar of the crowd to explode with praise towards these ladies. And so I know Mother's Day is a tough day. For many people, this is a very tough day, whether it's uh, frustrations with children, um, broken relationships, pa uh, passing of a mom. This is a very difficult day. And so what I want to do is to reflect on what God has called us to as a church. I want us to think of ways that we can praise those women who are walking in the fear of the Lord. All right, so I'm going to pray and then we're going to get to work. And I hope it is encouraging and I hope that it is challenging. And I hope we change in one regard. That our voices become clear and loud in our praise for our women. All right, let's pray real quick. Father, there's a lot going on today. So I know many of us have different obligations with different families. Many of us have different issues going on with the uh, mother relationship. There's frustrations in the room, disappointments in the room. And then there's some that, that, Lord, we thank you for the blessings you've poured onto us and the ladies you've given us. And so, Father, I pray that you move, that you bring comfort where comfort is needed. You bring encouragement where encouragement is needed. You bring peace where peace is needed. You give wisdom where wisdom is needed and help us follow you. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So our verse, uh, that is our, our theme for this message is Psalms or Proverbs 31, verse 30. Proverbs 31, verse 30. And this is what we read. Charm is deceitful and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. And, and here's my problem. I, I, Camden gets after it, right? She takes notes. She's paying attention. She's pretty sharp. And she goes, Dad, that's not a good thing. And I'm like, you're right. Right? Beauty doesn't last. You shouldn't. And she's like, no, Dad, you shouldn't be afraid of God. You're right there, too. And, and so we're going to explain what the fear of the Lord means here. This is that awe in who God is and what he's called us to. This is reverence. This is, I'd rather do what God has called me to and created me to do than anything that this world says I should do or be about. Your primary focus is on following after God and nothing that this world sells you. And I would say our world does a terrible job at praising women. Maybe I need to rephrase that. It praises the opposite of what God says we should be praising women about. I don't think the world knows what a godly woman should look like. What ladies were created to do. Where ladies would find fulfillment and joy and peace and purpose. And the world says, hey, it's found here. And yet our creator says, no, it's found here. And I'll, 
I'm using this illustration reluctantly because it's a football illustration, which is a terrible illustration to use on Mother's Day. All right? Do you guys, for the ladies in the room, football fans, do you know who's on the screen? All right. This is Tom Brady. Tom Brady was drafted in the sixth round. There were 198 football players selected in front of him. And I want you to hear what the scouts said about this guy. Says he has a poor build. Says too skinny. Lacks great physical stature and strength. Lacks mobility and the ability to avoid the rush. Lacks a really strong arm. So basically he doesn't look like a football player and he can't throw like a quarterback should. Doesn't throw a really tight spiral. He's a system type player. He gets knocked down easily. Years have passed, and he has won seven Super Bowls. He's getting to the point where he almost has a ring for every one of his fingers. Arguably the greatest football player to ever play the game. And the scouts missed it. And what I am saying, in this world, most people will miss the boat when it comes to defining and praising ladies. Let me give you an example. On our way to church today, Camden got stuck. She got stuck with me. My other girls are doing basketball and, and other things today. Mother's Day, I think whoever set up the tournament was a man. Um, terrible planning. But Camden got stuck with uh, helping us with the flowers set up duty here. By the way, all the ladies in the room, right? So if you're a mother, a wife, a sister, or a daughter, pick up a little gift from us. So as men in our church, we're trying to do better. Last year we did bagels and half of the order was left out by Panera. So I'm like, how can we do better? Jillian's like, you can't go wrong with Starbucks. And then someone else said, you can't go wrong with Chick-fil-A. And then mom today said, hey, take everything on the table. to some of our ladies are like, ah. Oh. Ladies, you can have a bag of chocolate or a gift card and then take some of the flowers. So we're driving in, came to help me out with flowers. But you know, if you've come down Madison, you pass a billboard. And on that billboard are three not fully dressed ladies that says for $7,900, you can get a tummy tuck. And you want to know who noticed that? An eight-year-old girl. She looks and she's like, well, I don't look like that. And so I don't know how much money she has saved up in her bank. But now she is under the compulsion that she needs to change something. And apparently whatever that is costs about $7,900. You see, our world does an awful job praising beauty. Then I, I started looking up, and some of these stats made me nervous because I, I do have four daughters. The average cost of beauty maintenance could put you through Harvard, was the news article. Four years of college, if you started saving, ladies, and now, hey, but I started looking like there's no way. Makeup doesn't cost that much. This included, <laughs> don't say, oh, yeah. <sighs> this includes haircuts, manicures, pedicures, makeups, facials, around $300 a month. Or for a year, about $3,500. Some of you are way under. Some of you are like, ooh, that would be a deal. Right? We're all over the place. All I know is I'm starting to save now with four little girls. That's a lot of money on beauty. Right? 
And then if you look at clothes, I, I don't know. This is all over the place. But according to the Business Bureau, we spend about $2,000 a year on clothes. Right? So that includes shoes and all that. And I'm just thinking we spend a lot on our physical appearance. That doesn't include the time we spend at the gym, working out, walking, Peloton is blowing up the stationary bike. And all of that is fading. And yet the world praises physical beauty. I was talking to two guys I work with. Both of them are single. And I tried to explain that to them. Right? They're out there looking at Daisy. She's like, oh, she's not that attractive. She's not. And I'm trying to point them to a woman who's not crazy or dumb as a box of rocks. Right? And they're looking at physical beauty because that's what we hold up. That's not what God holds up. And so this is a sermon that I'm giving to my daughters and my wife and my mom and my mother-in-law, sister-in-law, my sister, to the ladies in my life. I want you to walk in the fear of the Lord. And when I see it, I want to speak about it. All right, so now real quick. Fear of the Lord. What does that look like? If you walk with Jesus, you're walking in the fear of the Lord. If you do what God has called you to do, you're walking in the fear of the Lord. When you get up in the morning, your first thought should be on your God. Because he's the top priority in your life. That's walking in the fear. When you go to sleep at night, it shouldn't be your anxieties that are coming your way because they come. It should be on your God because that's who you are. Fear, that's who you are in all of, and you're walking with him. And then look at the promises that are given to those ladies who are walking in the fear of the Lord. Now listen, this is a lot of verses, and I know that. But just hang with me. Listen to what happens to those who fear the Lord. These are the promises that you get from God. This is what happens. Psalm 25, 14, the friendship of the Lord is for those who fear him. He makes known to them his covenant. Oh, how abundant is your goodness, which you have stored up for those who fear you. Behold, the eye of the Lord is on those who fear him, on those who hope in his steadfast love. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and delivers them. Psalm 103, 11. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is the steadfast love toward those who fear him. He fulfills the desire of those who fear him. He also hears their cries and saves them. Psalm 147, 11. But the Lord takes pleasure in those who fear him and those who hope in his steadfast love. And so check this out, ladies. For those of you that are walking in the fear of the Lord, that are walking with you, this is your promise. A woman who fears the Lord will have God as her friend. Will have God as her friend. There is no better friendship. The God of this universe all-powerful, all-knowing, is your friend. woman who fears the Lord will know God's promises. And you know that God keeps His word. A woman who fears the Lord will have God's goodness stored up for her. A woman who fears the Lord will be under the watchful and caring eye of God. A woman who fears the Lord will be protected and delivered by God. A woman who fears the Lord will be loved by God with immeasurable love as high as the heavens are above us. That's how much God loves those who 
fear him. A woman who fears the Lord will have her desires fulfilled, her cry heard, and be saved. A woman who fears the Lord will be pleasing to God. You want to bring pleasure to God? Walk in the fear of him. Walk in the fear of him. One pastor put it this way, a woman who fears the Lord will not run away from God to satisfy her longings and relieve her anxieties. She will wait for the Lord. She will hope in God. She will stay close to the heart of God and trust in his promises. The prospect of departing into the way of sin will be too fearful for her to pursue and the benefits of abiding in the shadow of the Almighty too glorious to forsake. And so, ladies, I just want to ask you a question, and obviously I'm not looking for feedback. But would you be defined as a woman who fears the Lord? Are you walking with Jesus? Is your fulfillment met in God? Or is the weight of this world pushing God aside? My encouragement to you is to walk in the fear of the Lord. All right? What does this lady look like? There's five characteristics that's pointed out in Proverbs. And now, I, I want to be careful with this, right? Because when you go through Proverbs 31, this is the ideal woman. This would be like uh, Julianne putting me up against, who's the best singer out there? Tom, yep. Legend. Tom Legend. John. John Legend. I was going to say Tom Legend. I might be able to beat Tom. <laughs> All right, so, so Julianne holding me up. Well, does he sing like John Legend? No. Who's the uh, strongest guy out there? Give me some strong guy. All right. I got got the rock and John Cena. It'd be like, well, my husband's not as strong as John Cena. Right? And and the list could go on and on. He doesn't make money like so-and-so, and and he doesn't do this like so-and-so, and and as as his job, he's not like so-and-so. And so I want us to be careful. That's not what this message is about. What I want you to see is, ladies, if you walk in the fear of the Lord, these five characteristics will be produced in your life. This is what flows out of the life of a lady who fears the Lord. All five of these things, we're going to look at being productive. We're going to look at strength. We're going to look at confidence. We're going to look at caring for others. We're going to look at wisdom. And all this flows from your relationship with Christ. And so, the challenge is not, hey, you got to get stronger, pull yourself up, be more resilient, the challenge is walk with Jesus and then watch what Jesus does in your life. All right, so here we go. Number one, a woman who fears the Lord will be productive. You see this in 31 verse 13. Check out this lady. She seeks wool and flax and works with willing hands. She is like the ships of the merchant. She brings her food from afar. She rises while it's still yet night and provides food for her household and portions for her maidens. She gets things done. And I want you to see, because there's a lot of ladies out there that are very productive, but they do so for the wrong purposes, to the wrong ends. I work so that I make a big paycheck. I work so I have a little bit more power. I work because I want to mean something to somebody. That's not why this lady's busy. The reason why this lady is productive is because she knows God has something for her. There's a time and place for her, and she's going to glorify God in the moment that she has. It reminds me of 1 Corinthians 10.31. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Because a lot of times when we read this verse, what will happen is some moms who choose to stay home 
think, well, I'm not very productive because I'm just a mom, as if that's a letdown. And then others that are out working are looking down, and, and you see how the judgment starts. For whatever God has called you to be productive. And so I'll give you an example with mom, my mom. Here's the thing. I don't have one of my ladies that are in my life in the room. I just know, no Bela, no Camden, Dia, Julianne. So I get to talk about them. With mom, me and my sister, she had babies and then went back to work. And we had a lady named Miss Smith and next to Cruella DeVille, probably the worst woman on the planet. For an example, everybody likes my sister, right? She's older, she's nice, she's reserved, she's quiet, she's calm. She's the exact opposite of her brothers. Well, Miss Smith, for whatever reason, wasn't very nice. She bought her a toy gun for her birthday, right? And she's like, what am I going to do with this, Ben? I said, I don't know, but I kind of like it. She's like, here, right? Miss Smith. She had a dog that would bite you. And so instead of putting the dog up, she said, listen, you guys know how the dog is. You can go to the bathroom. And so we'd hang out at the bathroom at Miss Smith's when the dog was out, right? So for Sam and Andrew, mom decided, you know what? I'm going to stay home. So mom, going back to work, productive, teaching. With Sam and Andrew, she says, I'm going to stay home, but I'm going to do stuff. And so what she do? She opened up a little daycare, had a kid comes over. And then uh, she has the ability to teach piano, which is great unless you're the one being taught, right? Those were the most painful lessons in my life. I mean, mom, I don't want to do this. Well, you're going on, right? Not too many choices. But then she would be productive in having other people come in and learn how to do piano. And, and then uh, she put the alphabet up on the downstairs. And you guys know, uh, like the silver stuff with the, the pegs? She would put it up, and so it would go all the way around the ceiling about this high. And she'd have Andrew and Samuel with a yardstick reach up. And so they're on their tippy toes trying to reach the letters. And they're going to learn. And so a very... You can be productive wherever God has called you. And guess what? You guys have. Some of you have brought meals to Chelsea and to Julianne, to our families, um, doing two times in two weeks. And we got this meal and this meal and this meal. The ladies here are very productive. And this is, this is my hope that you're busy being about glorifying God. Wherever God has called you, whatever place and stage of life you're in, be busy about glorifying God. Be productive. One thing with Ava that I'm really looking at is how much time is wasted on the phone. Social media will drain the life out of you. You want to waste time, and this is for everybody in the room, go to YouTube and watch videos. Play video games. Be on social media and get your identity from there. You won't be productive doing that stuff. Don't waste the time God has given you. So here's an example from the Bible. Her name's Lydia. Many of you probably have not heard of Lydia. Lydia is found in Acts 16. And there's not too much said about her, but check out what she's doing. One who heard was, us was a woman named Lydia, Paul speaking, from the city of Thyatira, a seller of purple goods. So she's got her own business, and she's doing well. If you're selling purple goods in this time, that would be like selling Apple products today. She is on the right side of the market. And then she says that, it says that, who was a worshiper of God, the Lord opened her heart to pay attention to what was said, Paul. And after, when she was baptized, and her household as well, she urged us, saying, if you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come to my house and stay. 
and she prevailed upon us. And then later on in this chapter, you see the church is meeting in her house. Whatever God has blessed her with, her business and the place where she lived and dwelled, she used to glorify God. She is a productive woman. This is my prayer for my girls. This is my prayer for my wife. That what God has blessed them with, that they use it to the glory of God. A woman who fears the Lord will be productive, but they'll also be strong. Look at Proverbs 31, 17 and 19. She dresses herself with strength and makes her arms strong. She perceives that her merchandise is profitable and lamp does not go out at night. She puts her hands to the distaff and her hand is on the spindle. And so she has this project. Distaff, you guys might not know, that's where the material is still in a bun, in a bundle. And she works and works and works late into the night until she's finished with her task. Here is a picture of a woman of strength. And I look at this, I think our world gets this twisted when you see power and strength. I know this is true at homes, right? The toughest guys at school are the ones that win the fights. And yet, how does the Bible define toughness? Blessed are the, starts with a P, ends in peacemakers. <laughs> peacemakers, right? Those are who are strong. Or you have Jesus when he teaches us to turn the other cheek. The world would call those people punks, and yet Jesus does exactly that. And there was nobody, nobody tougher or stronger than Jesus. And then when it comes to the ladies, you have this argument where strength is seen in independence. I don't need anybody. You see it in Disney movies. They don't need anybody to save them. You see it in the feminist movement. This is my body, my choice. The only problem is God doesn't see it that way. Real strength comes from your God. Real strength comes from your God. Real strength comes from dependence, not on a man, but on the God-man, Jesus Christ, where my strength comes from. If you don't have Christ, you don't have strength at all. If you have strength, you have all the strength you need. It's not an independence, don't need anybody. No, we desperately need Christ. And then watch how Jesus makes you strong. An example of this would be Esther. Esther's a little bit uh, old school. She's in the, the old, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm getting ahead of myself. We're going to Old Testament. We're going all the way to Exodus. Have any of you, Shooks, don't put this up yet. Have any of you guys heard of Shifra and Pua? Shifra, anybody name any daughters that? I haven't got to the S and the P's yet. I'm only A, B, C, D, right? But we have Shifra and Pua. And in Exodus, what happens is the Hebrews are having too many kids. And so the king of Egypt tells the midwives, those who are delivering the babies, hey, if it's a female, that's fine. If it's a son, kill it. And so you have these midwives, this is the background, listen to what they do. Listen to these two specifically, and you're going to see a picture of strength. Then the king of Egypt said to the Hebrew midwives, one of whom was named Shifra and the other Pua, when you serve as a midwife to the Hebrew women, see them on the birth stool, right? So that would be the delivery room for us today. If it is a son, you shall kill him, but if it's a daughter, she shall live. So that's the rule from the king. If you disobey, you're put to death. But the midwives feared God 
and did not do as the king of Egypt commanded them, but let the male children live. So the king of Egypt called the midwives in and said to them, Why have you done this? And let the male children live. And the midwives said to Pharaoh, Because the Hebrew women are not like the women of Egypt, for they are vigorous and give birth before the midwife can come. So God dealt well with the midwives. You don't have strength like that under fire if you're operating in fear of man. If you're operating by the world standards, you're going to do what's best for yourself. But when you fear God, no matter what the consequences may be, that gives you strength to do what you should do in that moment. So learn a lesson from two women that you probably never heard of. I couldn't have named those names before looking at this text. And yet you see their strength. Man, that's what I want. I hope Ava's getting to the point now. She's watching. i got to be careful. I don't think the baseball team's watching. She's watching baseball online, and it's not because she likes the sport. She's interested in a baseball player. And I'm hoping that what happens is because of her fear of God, her love for Jesus, she's not influenced by what some boy thinks of her. And that's so easy to say and yet so hard to do. The only way you get strength like that is by being connected to Jesus. There's many of you in the room that are going through so much right now, but your strength comes from Jesus, not in your talent or your ability or your smarts. And if you're not connected to Jesus, you won't be able to stand. Find your strength in Christ. Number three, caring. This one's pretty simple. Um, you, you see it in verse 20. She opens her hand to the poor and reaches her hands out to the needy. This reminds me of a lady named Phoebe in Romans 16. Phoebe, not the friend's character. Lady in Romans 16. I commend you, our sister Phoebe, a servant of the church, that you may welcome her in the Lord in a way worthy of the saints and help her in whatever she may need from you. Now, that's a blank check. Paul's saying, hey, take note of this woman and get whatever she says to get and do whatever she calls you to do. That's giving praise to a woman who fears the Lord. And, and here is why. For she has been a patron of many and myself as well. She's looking out for the church and for the missionaries. Paul talked about how he had nothing, how he had been shipwrecked, how he'd been almost killed. And yet here's this lady that we don't know much about other than her name, Phoebe. She comes alongside Paul and helps him out and sends him to start church after church after church. Caring for those in need. Does that characterize you? This reminds me of my grandma. Janie Wagoner is her name from Eastern Kentucky, tough as nails. And yet on her refrigerator, you can't go there without, if you guys have ever seen the Compassion International uh, children, and you just get a, a little sticker. This is who the child is. You can adopt a, a child, and then you're giving a monthly basis. And grandma would see one, take it, put it up on her refrigerator. But then she'd see another one, take it, and put it up on her refrigerator. And then another one. And her refrigerator began to get covered with Compassion International. Grandpa got to the point where, Jane, I love your heart, but we're running out of money. You got to slow down. Her heart went out to those who were in need. You guys know about Mother Teresa. Do any of you guys know where Mother Teresa served? In India. Hey, hey, okay, okay. Served in India from 1931 to 48. Uh, she was a nun. 
And then she got permission in 1948 to leave the convent and start what was called Missionaries of Charity. And the primary task of these missionary charities was to love and care for those persons nobody was prepared to look after. Now, ladies, I'm not calling you to be Mother Teresa. But this is what happens. If you follow Jesus, you're going to care for the least of those you come across. You're going to care for the outcast. You're going to care for the downtrodden because that's exactly who Jesus went to. So, does your life reflect a care for those no one else cares about? It will if you're walking in the fear of the Lord. Next, confident. This woman is confident. Look at verse 21. She is not afraid of snow for her household and all of her household are clothed with scarlet. Okay, so she's not afraid. So a snowstorm's coming, it's not a big deal. We got things covered. But then you skip on down to verse 25. Strength and dignity are her clothing and she laughs at the time to come. This lady's got a little swagger. I love this picture. This is where you get Esther. Esther's in the Old Testament. Her people are in captivity, and yet she's rising in power and becomes queen. And listen to the conversation, and then look at her confidence. Look at her swagger. Esther 4, 14 says this, For if you keep silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise from the Jews from another place, but you and your father's house will perish. And so this is Mordecai relative talking to Esther. He's saying, hey, you got to do something now because there's a plan to put your people to death. And you've got to move now or we will perish. And who knows whether you have not come to the kingdom for such a time as this. Then Esther told them to reply to Mordecai, go gather all the Jews to be found in Susa and hold a fast on my behalf and do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. I and my young women will follow up the fast as you do. Then I will go to the king, though it is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. If I die, I die. Man, that's some confidence in God. God's got me. He's got the situation. I'm going to do something, risking the life for the glory of God. That's confidence in God. There's not too many women on the planet that are like that. And when you see it, we should be praising it. So I'll, I'll give you one example from my own life, Julianne, when we moved to Covington. And it's not, it doesn't take a lot of confidence in God to move to Covington, but it does take a lot of confidence in God when you have three daughters, no job, and no house, right? So I'm working at a church, good salary. I come to her, I'm like, huh, I think God's leading us to Covington. And she's like, all right. Um, how do you know when we looked at some of the verses that God was using to call us there we're looking at some of the opportunities that we had here and then uh, I go but don't think I'm going to be able to stay on staff so I think we'll have to and she's like that's fine do what you need to if God's calling us we'll go so we put our house on the market saying like well if it sells something will open up we'll be able to find a house in Covington well it sold and we couldn't find a house in Covington Uh, when you go to a bank and you ask for a loan and you don't have a job they're really slow and giving you a loan. And so I'm thinking, uh, honey, we got to move in with our parents. And for a year we were there. And, and you just see the confidence that Julianne had. And it wasn't in me. The confidence was in God. God's leading us somewhere. So it's tough for a little bit. Who cares? And she led us through a time that was... My salary was cutting grass with Dad. And it ended 
in the fall. And so I had zero income, and I'm thinking, how am I going to provide for my family? And then God opens up Holmes Middle School, where I'm a teacher assistant. And then from there, I get to be secure. And then, and so God, God had this plan all along. But sometimes what happens in a wife's eyes is our confidence and our strength and our security is in our stuff. And if we have money and savings and if we have a plan for the future, it's easy for a wife to feel confident and secure. And what I've seen in Julianne is her confidence and security is in her God and not our stuff. And, and so now, guys, don't go home to your wives and say, hey, God's leading me to Florida to be a professional golfer, <laughs> right? You better be right when you say, hey, God's calling us to do something. But man, the confidence that Julianne had, I've also had another friend move to a place, Tennessee, for a church, and his wife said, "Hunt, this is not for me. I'm not a pastor's wife. I don't like Tennessee. I'm not going. And so I, and he, he made the right decision. He didn't, he's not a pastor. He's a lawyer now. But he couldn't do what he felt God was calling him to do. And I think he made the right decision by protecting his family, right? But without that confidence in God, there's no way that we're, we're here. And so I wanted to give praise to Julianne. And then finally, the last one, a woman who fears the Lord will be wise. You see this in verse 26. She opens her mouth in wisdom, with wisdom and teaching of kindness is on her tongue. If you're walking with God, your wisdom will go through the roof. When you hang with he who is all-knowing, you're going to know how to live life. You want to know how to raise kids? Follow Jesus. Listen to his word. Apply it to your life. You want to know how you should work? Follow Jesus. Listen to his word. Apply it to your life. You want to know how you should treat your husband? Read the word. Follow Jesus. Apply it to your life. With anything in life that comes your way, follow Jesus. Listen to his word. Apply it to your life. That's where wisdom comes from. And that's as true for men as it is of women. But here we are praising a woman because on her mouth is wisdom and her teaching is kindness. You see this throughout the Bible. You have Priscilla. Um, Priscilla is this lady who's been following Paul. And man, Paul wrote half the New Testament. And then all of a sudden there's this young guy, Apollos. And man, he can speak. He's dynamic. He's energetic. But he doesn't know the way of the Lord accurately. And it says Aquila and Priscilla brought him off to the side and just taught him, hey, this is what it means to follow Jesus. This is how, and you can see wisdom that she's passing on to this guy named Apollos. And, and then you have another example of wisdom with Mary, the mother of Jesus. And I love this story, right? They're at a wedding feast. And, and this, the people getting married invited Jesus and his mom. And so it was a close friend of the family. And disaster struck the groom. And the bride, they didn't plan well. They ran out of wine. The party was over. They were going to be a laughing stock. If, if anything ever bad happened at your reception, people remember that stuff, right? If you fall down dancing, people are going to remember. You're going to be laughed at quite. And here, when you run out of wine, that's a stigma that you don't want. And so Mary comes to Jesus and says, hey, Jesus, we can't let this family go through this. And he's like, hey, late, this is not my time. And then I love Mary's response. He goes, he goes to the, the table setters and those that were filling up the cups. And she goes, hey, whatever he tells you, 
do it. And then you guys know how the story ends. You have these huge jars of water. Jesus turns them to wine. It's the best wine anybody ever tasted. But do you see the wisdom Mary had? Can you imagine the opportunity that she had with Jesus just day in and day out? She knew, hey, whatever he says, listen and follow. And my guess is that had been Mary's pattern in her life every day of her life. I mean, that's some pretty good wisdom. Do you have anybody in your life, do you have ladies that direct you in the ways of God? Man, I do. I do. So I may not have been blessed with strong genes when it comes to hairline or couldn't jump real high. That, didn't, that wasn't in my family. But God did bless me with some strong women who were very wise. My grandma would devour the Word of God. And then she was quick to teach. Mom, painfully, night in and night out, didn't care how tired she was, didn't care how tired we were, going through devotional after devotional, teaching us the things of God. Man, I am who I am because of women who have passed on wisdom of God to me. All right? And, and then, finally, this is what I want to leave with. How do we praise these women? And so I want, you to, I want you to see this. This was written to a husband. And so primarily the responsibility falls on the dudes that are married. And you want to know a lot of times in the conversations with guys, I hear about the bad things from their wives. But I seldom hear about the <coughs> praise of their wives. But here he's saying, hey, this guy, he's at the gates. He's hanging out with all the people and he's bragging about how good his wife is. That should be the sound we should be making with our wives. Hey, let me tell you what, what my wife did. She did this, this, and this. Hey, listen, she thought outside the box. She, she provided this for so-and-so, and she got a dress for Ava, and the dress covers her body, which would be a miracle in this time. And you know, we, we need to brag about what our women are doing. But it also applies to our church, right? It applies to, to you and to me. It applies to children. Sons and daughters should be praising a mom who fears the Lord. A church should be praising the ladies who fear the Lord. And so how can we do that as Redemption Church? How, how do we praise women who walk in the fear of the Lord? How, how can we do that? Give me some feedback here. Not everybody at once. But seriously, it, because I think it would be awkward at first. Because we do it so few. And we do it so softly. But here, you get to the end of the wisdom chapter in Proverbs 31. And again and again, do you guys see this? How it just bam, should be praised. Give her the fruit of her hands and let her works praise her in the gates. Like again and again, the, the writer saying, hey, praise this lady. Praise. So how can we do that as a church? What does that look like? You better be vocal. Whatever, the small thing that everybody, everybody, including myself, we all take for granted. Great example. I love it. Jeff makes breakfast every Sunday for us. <laughs> what, what do you make, Jeff? Oh my gosh, uh, duck eggs, turkey bacon. Stop, stop. <laughs> cut, the, cut the tape. <laughs> cut the tape. Putting us to shame. Good stuff. What else do we do? Come on, and, and ladies, you can chime in too. How do you give honor to it? And listen, it doesn't have to be a biological mom. 
could be a teacher. It could be another lady that God's blessed you with in your life. How, how can we praise the one? This, this has to come natural. And this is something that we have to walk in obedience to. Yeah. I love it. Right? I think uh, listening well, like as a, as a church, listening to our, our women. Respect their intelligence and insight on things. Because often it's different than ours. Right. Sometimes better. Bring them up and throw down. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, give encouragement. And so I've seen this in church where, and it doesn't happen here, which I'm thankful for, but you'll have kids running around, and heaven forbid. So hey, my aunt and uncle came to church a couple of weeks ago, and one of their daughters stepped in dog poop, right? And it was the, the week after we had just <laughs> shot back the, the floors and boom, boom, boom. And we would have in some churches members where they complain, like, can you believe someone so just lets their kid run around? We don't do that here. Listen, if you see some kid running around, pray for their mom and pray for their dad. Right? <laughs> and we want to encourage that mom and dad. Right? And so there's a lot of ways. And I'd love for, to figure out ways like for DeMarcus. DeMarcus, if you ever see one of the, the church members coming and, and they help out with the football team, I want you to lift that up. Like, hey, this is what a woman should look like. You can, you can give thanks to, hey, thank you for serving God, bringing this stuff here, right? We've had members bring meals and bring Gatorades, right? I want to hold up godly examples for our young men because what they pursue is what the world holds up, and it's trash. It's trash, and it won't last. And what we value, we need to value what the Word of God values. And it's those women who fear the Lord. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave you with this. In Matthew 9, 20 to 22, this is a tough text, right? And I want you to hear the desperation in this lady's life. And this is for all of us. The encouragement is to get to Jesus. And so just hear this and then we're going to pray. And behold, a woman who has suffered from a discharge of blood for 12 years came up from behind him and touched the friend of his garment. In another text in Luke, it talks about how this lady tried to get fixed by everybody else. Went to physician, to physician, physician. She spent all of her money to try to fix this. She was an outcast among the people. She's desperate. And then check this out. She touched a fringe of his garment, for she said to herself, If I only touch his garment, I will be made well. Jesus turned and seeing her said, Take heart, daughter. Your faith has made you well, and instantly the woman was made well. You want to be a woman who fears the Lord? Be that desperate for Jesus. Don't let your sin define you. Don't let pride keep you from Him. Don't let your shortcomings and your anxieties and your frustrations and your disappointments keep you from Jesus. When you get to Jesus, you will be made well. And so my plea with you, ladies, primarily today, get to Jesus. And then for the fellows in the room, it's way too quiet. Let's praise the ladies God has blessed us with who walk in the fear of God. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the women in the building. Father, so many different backgrounds, so many different things going on. Lord, I pray that they get to your son, Jesus. 
I pray that they take their sin to you. I pray that they take their frustrations and disappointments and heartaches to you and that they see that they too can be made well. And then, Father, I pray for all of us in the room that we lift up and give praise to the women you've blessed us with. Don't let us take them for granted. Let us hold them up high. Lord, you're an awesome guy. Thank you for our family here at Redemption Church. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.